Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking, fucking Killing Me. I'm Rainy. I'm Corinne. And thank you guys for listening. Submit to our party. Please. Submit anything please, please, and please, everything please. you have. Films, music videos, dance films, cool videos of you dancing in yep. a cool scenic location. Something that's maybe not quite finished yet, but you like maybe want some feedback on it, or you just want people to see it. You want to see it bigger on the side of a wall. Submit. Yeah. Um... We're taking submissions until the 22nd of April. We'll let people know if they're in or not by the 25th. Mm-hmm. Um, you can submit it to us at galpalprods at gmail.com. Include the password if there's one on the video. Yep. And yeah, just submit because it's a good chance to hang out with other people in the community and show your work and have some fun. And like in a casual environment. Yeah. Like a no pressure hangout, chat, have yeah. a drink, no pretentiousness about it. Exactly. And then it's the same night of our party, obviously. Yeah. So you get to come to our party. Yeah. <laughs> Be so fun. Which is May 4th. Yes. May 4th. May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Put it in your calendars. Don't forget about it. More details soon. Yes. More details to come. This week on the episode, we have Natasha Powell. And thank you, Natasha, for coming on and chatting with us. You are so wise. And. I just could talk to you all day, every day. It was amazing. Here we go. I am Natasha Powell. I am a choreographer, dancer, artistic director of Hollow Jazz here in Toronto. Um, and I love things dance. Amazing. Yeah. Perfect. I kind of want to start off by asking how to like people that don't know what vernacular jazz is. Like, how do you describe that to audience members or to, like, yeah. people wondering about your company? Yeah, so, like, vernacular jazz is such an interesting thing because people are always, like, vernac... Like, they, yeah. the word, like, scares people. So, like, the word vernacular just means, like, original. Mm-hmm. Like, like kind of, like, home home base of the, of the jazz dance form. So, really looking at jazz dance that originated in the 1920s, 30s, like, with swing music... Um, so basically before jazz was colonized by more European based dance forms like ballet and using that influence. So we're looking at like the Charleston shimmy social dances that are done in social settings. Like that to mm-hmm. me is vernacular jazz. Mm-hmm. Cool. Does that make sense? Yeah, of yeah, course. Kind yeah. Of. <laughs> I feel like it would have, we would, it would, the term would have come up and it would have been like, what is that? Totally. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's, it's jazz dance before it was colonized. Yeah. Kind of in a sense. Mm-hmm. And that's what your company, I'm always saying it wrong. It's not Ola. It's Hala, right? Hala. 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 It's like holler without the E-R. Yeah. Hey. I knew I was going to say I was like, I, and I've said it so many times. Hala Jazz. Hala Jazz. Yeah, even my mom was saying it wrong the other day. I'm like, Mom, no. She's like, Hala? I'm like, no. Oh. <laughs> no. Hala. Holla. And people, sometimes people feel uncomfortable saying holla. It's like saying holler, but holla kind of comes from like this sort of like urban um, street uh, vocabulary of like, you know, like holla if you hear me, mm-hmm. holla back, yeah, like holla what's good. So it, it ties that with holla jazz. I wanted to tie that, um, that street dance with the original style of jazz dancing and really bringing those forms together, which is where the holla comes mm-hmm. from and how long has it been around for three years wow. i know i just i got something on like my instagram or something like it popped up like a memory or whatever and i'm just like 2016 i was like oh my god and, like it was just like the four of us <laughs> and i was like sharing sharing some of the movement in the studio with um lady c raul and miha and myself it was just just started with the four of us um, and for them, it was like a new, a new style of dance because they're, they're street dancers. So like mm-hmm. hip hop, locking, popping house, like they got that stuff. But when it came to the jazz, they were a little bit nervous because they felt like it was going to be so far removed from what they do. But in actuality, it informed so much of what they already do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so there was this nice transition of, um, informing movement from like jazz dance and be like oh we do this in house and it's kind of the same thing mm-hmm. so the the transition and the learning curve wasn't that steep mm-hmm. because they were it, it just heightened this awareness that the dances that we do are so similar 
Right. Right. And like mm-hmm. really come from the same place. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. That's right. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so you started four or three years ago. Yeah. And then you created your wonderful work. Do you want to talk about it? Floored. Floored? Floored. Oh my God. (laughs) So Floored was kind of, um, it was kind of birthed out of the, a residency I did in New York, Mm -hmm. which I think was in 2013. I probably need to fact check that. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a, a grant to do a, um, international residency in New York. Um, I met my mentor. I'm just going to rewind back because I always have yeah, to of kind course. of start where this all kind of span from. Like it just didn't come out of the boom. Like I want to do jazz. <laughs> um, in 2008, I met my mentor who I didn't know was going to be my mentor at the time. Um, his name is Monsel Jardin. And I was living in Vancouver and he came out to teach some uh, workshops and street dance um, and at the time, he was also developing his documentary called Everything Remains Raw. Mm-hmm. And it's looking at the lineage of um, African-American social dances mm-hmm. from, like, the ragtime era. So, like, really early 1900s through to the 2000s. And in that documentary, he does highlight some of the, like, that transition and some of the original dances that we saw, like, in black and white film with, like, the Nicholas Brothers, um, Frankie Manning, Norma Miller, Whitey's Lindy Hoppers. Um, showing them doing jazz dancing and also connecting it and kind of doing almost like a split screen with like more like contemporary okay. street dances. And I was just like, oh, that's jazz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not the jazz that I learned in the studio. That's not the jazz that I've been mm-hmm. learning since I was like nine, 10 years old. No. And I feel like I connected more with that style as opposed to what I was learning in the studio. And being that I was also doing street dance as well, I was like, this is, this is what's up. Like this, mm-hmm. like I, I want to learn more about this and I want to learn more about why, um, where that transition happened, where in the studios now, like mm-hmm. we're not learning this style of jazz and it's not even regarded as a, a form that's really taught. Mm-hmm. No. Um, so fast forward a couple of years, I moved back to Toronto, probably around 2010 or 11. Um, and Monsell was in Toronto, so he was screening, he was here for a conference, I can't remember what conference it was, um, but then he was screening another version of his documentary because he had done more work on it, and then I was like, oh yeah, this thing, and we, we hooked up, and we were talking, and, and we were a small group of us that he was showing the documentary to, and at the time, I was also recovering from um, a knee injury, yeah. so I had torn my meniscus, so I was kind of like down for the count yeah. and not really doing anything. Um, so between being reignited by his documentary again, and when I was injured, it really gave me time to sit and think about what am I going to do that's important to me and meaningful to me. And if I'm going to do this work as an artist, I better be doing the things that make sense and that are meaningful. Um, so I wrote an artist statement and I realized that like social dancing was like the thing that was like at the core of what I do. Mm Um, especially coming from like a Caribbean background, like dance was always in my home. Um, so I reached out to Monsell and I was like, Hey, your documentary really moved me. I'm in this place. Would you be interested in being a mentor for me and create this sort of like self-made mentorship residency? And he was like, yeah, I'm down. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he was just like super open to it. Um, and he was, he lives in, he was living in Philadelphia at the time. Right. Um, so we did a lot of back and forth. So he put together like, um, like a week, a weekly reading plan, uh, videos to do like journals to write, wow. um, teachers, like a mentorship, like, like, <laughs> like, like a true mentorship. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And it was incredible to have someone really put that amount of effort and work into honing what I was interested in be like, okay. Cause I told him like, this is what I'm, I'm interested in learning. And he's like, okay, um, these are my recommended readings. These are the people that I recommend you go and see. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend you, you journal every day and talk about it, talk about your findings. Um, and the way that he structured it too, was it wasn't just about, um, reading only about vernacular jazz and, and taking private lessons with people who teach that. He also wanted me to go to studios and, go into the classrooms and see who is teaching jazz and what does that look like? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I could do that comparison and have that analysis of like, okay, this is vernacular jazz that's taught by someone else. 
versus this is what's in the studio and have a conversation with that person in the studio about what their ideas of jazz is and see what that means to you because you're going to get, I got varying um, opinions or ideas totally about how jazz can be taught. So all of that to say it really ignited me. It was like, oh my God, I I spent like a month and a half in New York that Mm -hmm. summer. Um, And through a lot of the reading, um, one of the books he gave me in particular was called Jokin. And it talks about the spaces where black social dance is sort of crystallized. Um, And for me, I related so much to that, that one particular book. It was the first one that I read, but it also reminded me of like the clubs where we go out now and like street dancers are in the cypher mm-hmm. or in the circle. Right. There's that connection, that social dancing that's happening. And for me, I was like, I'm really interested in joking and see what that looks like in a work. Mm. Um, so I started applying for grants uh, to create the first production for Floored. Um, so I would say we started working on it mid-2017. Mm-hmm. So I think the work took about a year and a half mm. to make. Um, over a year and a half with like chunks of creation and development time. And that's multiple grants coming yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like uh, an OAC grant, actually all three levels, Ontario Arts Council, Toronto Arts Council, and Canada Council. Mm-hmm. The Canada Council one I was nervous about because um, this was going to be our first production. I was asking for a ton of money. <laughs> and it's just like, what? And what? They, yeah, they tend to like fun, really established artists. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, um, I was also applying when the whole, like the structure had changed at the Canada council. Right. Um, so like they kind of erased the, not that they erased the disciplines, but they created like these major categories. Right. Okay. Um, so like the system was changing, the online system was changing. Um, and I think the, the jury process was changing a little bit too. So, I was just like, oh man, I'm like, I'm going to close my eyes and put this in. But I also felt confident about the application. I was like, this is what I want to do. This is why I want to do it. Um, and then we got it. <laughs> and then I was like, guys, we're going to work. So Florida was a massive, um, a, <laughs> we're going to work. <laughs> yeah. Because honestly, it's important for me to be like, A, pay the dancers. Like everyone in the, the project was paid yeah, and paid at right. the rates at the rates that they, they wanted to. And I was very, um, open and transparent in my budget about that. Um, so where was I? We got the, we got the Canada council started working. So Florida had what? Seven dancers, mm. nine musicians, a costume designer, a lighting designer, a set designer, Great. Massive. Yeah. It's a a full on production. It's a full on production. So like every dollar that we got, it it went into a body. It went into like marketing. It just, it was, it was, it was used towards the the project. And it gave so many successful, I would say, right? You sold out the entire thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also like put so much money in local artist pockets. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's funny. I was doing my taxes and I was like, I pay people. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like when it comes to the end of the year and I can look at my numbers, that's the part that makes me um, excited. It's right. just like, you know, like, like how much shit do we do? And it's just like, you know, like I get it too. Sometimes I still do stuff for free and sometimes I still ask people to do me favors. It's yeah. just kind of like the cycle that we live in to get some stuff out there. But to look at my numbers at the end of the year and be like, okay, this amount of money went into people's pockets just gives me a little bit of hope that we, we can make this happen. Right. Cause yeah. how long had you been like working before that and not being paid oh my God. a proper salary? Whatever that still. Yeah. still. And like still, yeah. like do we, do we ever, is there ever one? No. Like if you're not, right. very few positions in the city yeah. or the world. You know? Right. If you're not in an artistic director position with an operating base for your for your company where you have a salary mm-hmm. full time you don't get that that's, it's, yeah. it's very you're very very lucky unless you dance for i mean trying to dance theater like their their contracts are what eight or nine months a year mm-hmm. um so even for them like it's not a full-time no, no. Gig. like you still gotta still got to hustle. You still got to grind right. in the summer. Right. Um, so we're all still in this like vicious cycle of figuring out how to 
make a living from what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so Florida was a great, um, just a great project on so many levels, like from collaboration, mm-hmm. from the creation, um, and not just like the accolades that it got and not just like the audience that, um, got to see it. But I think from a creative mm-hmm. perspective as well, and to be able to present jazz dance in that, um, in that forum, mm-hmm. um, for people to see these bodies in these ways, um, for these dancers to have this experience of sharing themselves through jazz, mm-hmm. um, I think was really exciting and really important. And I think that was like one of the biggest things, takeaways for me from the project. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. In <laughs> the future, do you, do you hope that you can ha- be an artistic director and have it running full time or is that too much? I, I thought I, I thought I did. Yeah. Like I honestly <laughs> thought I did. And now I'm just like, what do I even want? Yeah. Like, you know, I'm just like, what does this all mean? Like mm-hmm. also something that you were speaking to earlier is that like model sustainable. Mm-hmm. Right? Like does it best benefit the community? Does it best benefit my dancers? Does it best benefit mm-hmm. me? Yeah. Like is this model of like company creative director constantly working? sustainable honestly like that's been like a huge thing that's been weighing on my mind Mm -hmm. a lot lately because like how often do I want to like write a grant for five thousand dollars that I may or may not get that's going to pay me (laughs) pennies and pay these guys a little bit like a little bit of money like it's just and like that cycle is Mm -hmm. it's vicious Mm -hmm. and like you said like is it sustainable so I just keep thinking like how long am I gonna do this for and it's like I have a husband and we want a family and like we both, we both also don't like the idea of like artist life of like this struggle is real just to sustain, just to uphold the title of artist. And what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. Yes. And like, do you only, is it only because you make your income full time from it? That's what deems you an artist. Like most of us come into dance from various backgrounds so I guess sometimes the we get caught up in the idea of what it is to be an artist and really let that mm-hmm. kind of overtake ourselves and I'm, I'm finding myself in that place now like why can't I just work like a full-time job and like dance and create what I want to and still be considered an artist because right. yeah. your own peers will look at you kind of like oh you're doing that job Right. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you get that like weird sellout label. Right? Yeah. Or there's like this like romanticized idea of what being an artist means. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not here for romanticizing no. the struggle, the grind, no. like the, no. the, the the team no sleep. The like, and I get there's times where you need to like. Sometimes the hours they fluctuate, and sometimes yeah. you're going to spend longer on certain projects. But I'm not here for. Um, sacrificing health and well-being right. for mm-hmm. the sake of trying to uphold an idea or an identity in the community. Right. Right. For other people. For other people. Yeah. 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 So you just label yourself as human instead of yeah, artist. Whatever. Whatever <laughs> yeah. I feel in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes I have a hard time even calling myself a choreographer. It took me a really long time to call myself a choreographer. And like even if I'm out with my husband and because he's an artist too, um, I sometimes have a hard time like introducing myself as an artist or a choreographer. He'd be like, yes, she is also like a choreographer yeah. mm-hmm. too and does things. And I'm just like, just kind of like shrug my shoulders and throw up <laughs> my hands. I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah. And like, do I even myself believe it because I have all these ideas or have all these questions of right. what that is to be that, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, all the things guys, all the things. Yeah. yeah. Also like, mm-hmm. I think you told me one time and I may be getting this wrong, but that like, even Polga is like, I'm not an artist. I'm a dancer. Yeah. 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 So like he, for example, like he came from Mozambique and he was, dance was always just a part of his life. It's just a part of his culture. It's just culture. a part of his being. Yeah. yeah. Right. So when you look at his dance as a part of someone's culture, it's not considered a job. Right. It's considered what you do and it's considered who you are. Yeah. And then when you come to more Western society, we create these labels or create like, yeah jobs out of passions which is fine but it changes your relationship and your connection to it mm-hmm. so I'm also starting to have that those questions too I'm like do I enjoy dance more when I'm not trying to make a living out of it mm-hmm. Ugh, you know yeah. like yeah. like I, I kind of miss that sometimes like yeah. I miss not needing to like think about and obviously like we grow and we age and things change but I kind of miss that, like, 
dance because I love it because my body mm-hmm. enjoys it because mm-hmm. this moment feels good and I can walk away from it yeah. and not feel like so many other 10 or 20 questions out of that moment. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially because the type of work you're doing is, yeah. is from social dances, yeah. which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like, <laughs> I think a lot of different types of connections that necessarily like structure, I don't maybe structure is the wrong word, but like, Mm. like I think that like social dances and jazz and urban dance scene has a bigger has more of a community aspect Absolutely. than necessarily like ballet totally. or I don't want to use the word structured but ballet or contemporary, contemporary yeah. right yeah. they yeah. come from very different worlds and so like how they're ingrained in you and your community is also yeah. very different it's true it's very true because like you know like if you look at any of like probably like the top street dancers in the in the country or in the city, mm-hmm. um, they're not necessarily say quote unquote making their living mm-hmm. from their form, but the community knows that they're the best, mm-hmm. and we we know to look to them because they're they're always going to be the ones that are at the top of the game. Mm-hmm. But never in a sense do we look at each other in either the street dance community or in the jazz community, looking at each other and trying to validate. Mm-hmm. their level of like how much of an artist they are like full-time or part-time mm-hmm. you get down you get down it's, it's <laughs> like it's more it's a show and prove culture right, right. Yeah. you've shown that you can get down and you've shown that you can jam and you've shown that you can throw it on in a battle like that's where the level of respect is that's where you earn your right your stripes per, to say or people are aware of you yeah versus like i've done this job and that job it's, it's really how you get down and the community grows from that and so many relationships are built from that. Um, So you're right. There definitely is that community aspect because a lot of these dancers are coming from places of struggle, places of trying to find identity, um, like the root, like the roots of hip hop or the roots of jazz. If you look at like the legacy of where those dancers are coming from, um, oftentimes it's not from places of privilege. Mm, Um, So dance is that place or those, these social settings are a place to, to find that. Right. It was, sorry, I was like, just, you just saying that I was like perusing your website today mm-hmm. and you had that Quincy Jones quote at the, on the contact where it was like, jazz is the personification of transforming overwhelming circumstances into freedom, friendships, hope, and dignity. Mm-hmm. So that just reminded me. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I sometimes have to remind myself of that too when you just get caught up in like the artist life, you forget about those very basic human things mm-hmm. about, about like the why yeah. mm-hmm. and how we arrived here and how it made me feel. Um, and not always having to just like push for more and push for more and letting something just be and resonate and have moments with those relationships, have moments with those people, have moments with this music and just hone and embrace that. I think it's something that I know that I adore. Like when I can be in the studio with other artists or not even in the studio, when I can just be in a space mm-hmm. yeah. with other people who want to dance or just vibe on music, that those types of relationships you can't really like, you can't cultivate. They just, they kind of happen mm-hmm. however they're supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, Constantly pushing for more, but like more of what? It's funny because like after Florida, people were like, "What's next? Oh. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, can't wait for more. Can't wait to see. Can't wait to do." And I'm like, "Great, I'm going to sleep." <laughs> you know, and it's like I am tired. This is a lot of work. Yeah, but um. When you present such like a large project for people, I, I get it. Yeah. For an audience, they're just like, oh, I've never hungry. really seen this before. They're hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they want to keep eating. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so do how do how do I respond to that? Yeah. You only got so much meat on on your bone, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, do I like to keep going? Because actually, we've started working on a new yeah. a new work. Um, but at the same time, like, I need to make sure that I'm doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. versus needing to maintain an identity. And I was talking to another girlfriend about this because she's going through this with her own business about this idea or this mentality of always needing to like keep up appearances. And she's like, I don't even know if I want to do this, but I feel like I need to do this to like mm-hmm. maintain my business, like this maintaining, maintaining. I'm like, 
when you're good, you're good. When things are good, good people will show up. Mm-hmm. Like don't feel the need to uphold something just because you feel like you need to maintain a pressure. Oh yeah. my God. It's wild. Yeah. It's so wild. So I just have to sometimes like remind myself of that and take breaks and mm-hmm. delete some apps off my phone and mm-hmm. delete the Facebook, delete the Instagram for a little bit and then just reappear when I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you are working, but you are working on a work right now. Yeah. Um, you were, <laughs> yeah. After all of that. Yeah. 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 You were, you were received another TAC, correct? Uh, all three again. Wow. Congrats. I know. It's I didn't know it was all three actually. Yeah. It's wow. all three again. Wow. You write them yourself or do you hire somebody? It's me. She's amazing. You're amazing. It's me. <laughs> Honestly, like the That's admin like, thing. <laughs> the That's ad- just like one thing. And I'm like, I'm just never going to speak again. <laughs> nothing to bring (laughs) never honestly like I learned so much obviously like yes being an artist but then there was a point in my journey I think when was it I was like I don't know about dance so much maybe I need to start thinking about plan B Mm -hmm. Um, and then I started thinking about administration because I really liked planning and I really liked spreadsheets Mm -hmm. weird (laughs) no Excellent um, at a PowerPoint. <laughs> hey, man, sometimes it's just like fun just takes you away and you can be creative in a different way. Yes. Um, so I remember this is like probably like around 2012 or 13. I just started researching like arts management in Toronto and I came across Meredith Potter's name, who's the um, general manager for Peggy Baker and Volcano Theater. And um, I did an interview with her for because she had a program where she did like... Um, arts management internships for a year. Oh. Yeah, super cool. Um, And I didn't get it the first year, um, but then the following year she reached out to me and was like, hey, I got the position open again. Um, The person who was lined up is is not available to do it anymore. She's asked me if I was still interested. And this is actually right before I was going to New York. Um, So I was like, actually, I'm going to New York for the summer, so it doesn't look like the timing will work out. And then she was like, well, maybe when you come back, we could look at starting, starting then if you're interested now. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so um, I met with her and I had a really great experience um, because I got to be an uh, intern with two companies, like a, a dance company, a contemporary dance company and Volcano Theater. So like a theater company. Mm-hmm. And I just learned so much about like um, just the process of what it looks like to run a company from the, the writing, from the planning for, to the fundraising um, artistic visioning and not limiting things to just like one moment, but also like future planning and future idea generation. Um, and I needed to step away from my own community in order to do that. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when you just get stuck with the people around you, sometimes the voices just just all start to sound the same, Mm -hmm. including mine. So I was just like, I think I need to see what other groups and other communities are doing and, and how they're working. Um, so I learned so much from that. Um, and then right after that internship finished, I actually got a job at Dance Umbrella of Ontario. And then I became the manager of producing there. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I produced for Dusk Dances. I produced for Moon Horse Dance Theater. Did a little bit of work for Pro Arte Danza. A little bit of work for Toes for Dance. So I, I, mm-hmm. I kind of dipped my, my toes in that. And then I was there for about a year and like nine months-ish. And then I got called by the TAC, the Toronto Arts Council, to cover a maternity leave. Um, so then I was the dance officer, like interim dance officer, mm-hmm. covering a maternity leave. So I feel like all of that experience just gave me a well-rounded um, idea of how to kind of look at the funding system mm-hmm. and how to also look, think about my work and think about planning. Uh, like planning, I, I realized how, like the importance of planning. <laughs> Like, like no <laughs> tomorrow. Cause you see, I'm used to like, just being like, I want to do the thing, go and do it. Mm. At least now, like when I was thinking about planning, like thinking about Florida, I'm like, okay, if I want to do this project in 2018, what do I need to be doing now right. to, to be thinking? Working backwards. Yeah. Oh. Working yeah. backwards for sure. Right. And that's how I was able to line up the money and line right. up the dancers because I'm working with independent dancers and their schedules are all over the place as we all know. Yeah. Um, and to their advantage, because I'm working with really great people, so they're always busy. 
So the more ahead I was, I was able to help people plan mm-hmm. what they needed to do and help me plan um, how this project was going to go. So I feel like that learning experience of learning what was working with other companies that I'm not familiar with mm-hmm. really helped shape how I move forward with some of the work that I do. Um, so, yeah. And it's kind of fun, too. I don't mind it. I don't mind some of the admin stuff. I know people are like, don't even show me the <laughs> paper or people want to hire grant writers or whatever. And I'm like, do what you need to do, but also know that it's, it's your voice at the end of the day. Right. Right. And if you're clear about what you want to do and why, like that's what, that's what people see and hear. Yeah. Cause you're speaking from experience. Cause yeah. you've sat on a couple of these, uh, committees. Yeah. I've sat on committees. I've sat on juries. Juries are great too. Mm-hmm. If you've never written a grant, um, juries are like a nice place to start because you see how the conversations happen. Mm-hmm. You get to read what people are saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What's your oh. journey for that? Yeah. Like I want to, how do I get to sit on a jury? Email the officer. Really? really? That's it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to go get some knowledge for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just email the officer and be like, Hey, I'm interested in being on a future jury. Mm-hmm. Just keep my keep your name. Ask them to keep your name on file, and they're always looking for people. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Start. I thought it would be like. I thought it was definitely something like that you had to like. You had to like. You would be well off in your career, and then they're like, "Ah, oh, this person <laughs> knows what they're talking about." Yeah. Not necessarily. Like I think when you put your name forward, like you put your name forward, send them like your CV and your bio. And they'd be interested in it. I'm sure they'd, they'd be open to having the conversation. Right. They're always looking for people. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. So you get to see firsthand how all these funding matters happen. Yes. And all that stuff is confidential. No, I <laughs> In that room. But, um, yeah, for sure. Especially, like, even when I was an officer, um, I got to see how, like, the other programs right. work, too, right? right? And yeah. Obviously, a dance is the the least funded, like one of the lower wow. funded portfolios. Um, like you see, like the experience with the music, the music department, or the theater department, or community arts. Like everyone's got their their things that are going on in their unique. Um, in their unique. Why do you think that is? I think at the end of the day, we're dealing with people. Right. I mean, and art is a part of that, but we're also dealing with people. And the challenges that they face in their own communities, the challenges they face with each other. Right. So no matter the form, we are all experiencing the same challenges. Mm -hmm. And getting the community, getting the government to acknowledge and appreciate and respond to what we do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just as artists, not just as dancers, but as artists. Yeah. 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 Get yourself on a jury. Yeah. (laughs) We, yes. We're on it, Natasha. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying. Yeah. 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 Um, can you talk a little about the work that you're working on right now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little bit. Um, so Mimi Beck from DanceWorks approached me in like 2016. Like this is before Florida was, even was a thing. Wow. So Florida hadn't even been presented. But um, Mimi had come to see a showing that we, our first showing that we did in 2016, uh, when we started the company. And then, um, she sent me an email and was like, Hey, I'd be interested in, in talking to you about future project. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, okay. And I had some ideas. Like, I think when I started Hollow Jazz, I already had kind of started with, um, some ideas of things that I wanted, future projects or mm-hmm. ideas that I was interested in, in pursuing. Um, and then Mimi, um, was interested in presenting us in a future season. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, mm-hmm. cool, this is exciting. Um, and I, I think just shortly before I met with her, I had um, seen the documentary about John Coltrane mm-hmm. called Chasing Train. It was at Hot Docs, I think in 2017. And he's an American um, jazz saxophone player, mm-hmm. um, highly revered, just created such a large collection of music in such a short span of life. 
Um, and his music focused more kind of like in the in the bebop era, mm-hmm. more of the avant-garde free jazz. So moving away from like the swing that kind of spearheaded in the twenties, thirties, and then the the musicians and the quartets or the, people aren't hiring like large orchestras or anymore. So we're getting more like quartets or trios mm-hmm. or quintets. The Coltrane was kind of one of the leaders of that, um, the bebop era. Um, I find his music fascinating. I find his music challenging. Um, also very mathematical as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was interested in playing with that from a dance perspective. Because a lot of this, quite a lot of people or quite a lot of dancers or maybe jazz dancers that hated that music. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the clubs at that time, there was a documentary with... Um, Norma Miller talking about that era where the bebop era was coming in. And I think it was Birdland Club, which was one of the popular clubs in New York, I think. Um, They had a sign on the wall that said no dancing. They just wanted their music to be listened to. Mm -hmm. So it started to change this dynamic between the dancers and the musicians. So I was really interested in A, that statement, but B, what could a dancing relationship look like to this music? Mm -hmm. Um, so we're going to be working with a lot of Coltrane wow. music, which is going to be super challenging, but super exciting. Is it hard? Be, is it, the dancers don't like it because it was hard to count? Yeah. And or... it didn't have that swing feeling. It didn't wow. have this like, um, the swing element to it. And like you said, yeah, like it, it's kind of free. It's kind of yeah. all over the place. It's unpredictable. Right. Um, so they had issues. They took issues with that. And the musicians felt like, I'm being an artist, I'm being experimental, you need to listen to what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Right? Like, even yeah. sometimes, like, Miles Davis would play with his back to the audience, because they were like, you're not here to watch me, you're here to hear me. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Full of himself. <laughs> but I, I'm really keen on, um, or just interested in seeing what that looks like from a jazz dancing perspective. Yes. Yeah. So... Slowly starting to work on that, and that's going to be work we're presenting in twenty twenty. Wow! Yeah. What I've gotten from this is that if I want to do a work, I need to plan so far in advance. Mm-hmm. Like a minimum like, two years. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And like, um, <laughs> and you need to do, and you need to do it in bursts, right? You need yeah. to like get a funding for like right. creative process work, take a break, get funding for rehearsals, break, work, and like keep just keep doing doesn't it. happen overnight it's funny because yeah <laughs> no. like some of the some of the work a lot of work that i've seen that i've um that i've like been really moved by or had really deep feelings about were work that took time to yeah mm-hmm. to make like i remember when i was working for volcano and i just watched them take like three four years to to make a work and i was like yeah Right. Yeah. That's why this work is at this level because it, they took the time. Mm-hmm. They they tried things, didn't work, tried it again, tried it again, continued to develop, continued to develop until it was in a place yeah. where they wanted to present it. So, yeah. Like, now I think, literally for me, it's like a two-year process. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why everybody is, in this community specifically, why everyone's in such a rush to produce work. You is know? it keeping up appearances? I think it go, like goes back to that, and I think it goes back to this like old school mentality of what, like being a dancer and being in a company means, mm. right. like constantly producing work, constantly in rehearsals, constant like a nine to five. You know what I mean? Right. Like that old school idea of what mm-hmm. being a dancer is. So yeah. like you're constantly trying to make content. I think also trying to be like relevant with mm. the time. Yeah. Yes. You know, like you yeah. don't want to be like topical. You don't want to be like the second or third person to do the same thing. You don't yeah. Be the first person. Yeah. But because... Because you want to be the first, you're not going to do it the best. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's when it's hard. You have to be so ahead of the curve. <laughs> you know? And, you like, and like, do you? Or, yeah. like, do, or do you? Yeah. Or just, like, make your own shit and be happy about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you need to be... Like, what are you trying to be ahead of? Like, yeah. No, that's a good point. You know? But you're right. I think it is, like, this, like, trying to keep up with, like what it means to be like a full-time company or a full-time artist Mm -hmm. or be relevant or yeah yeah, or just not want to be left behind or not want to be forgotten yeah yeah people don't want to be forgotten no yeah 
I think it's really hard to like dismantle those ideas of like what being an artist is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm having a hard time with that word so <laughs> yeah. much lately. Like really, really hard time. Was there something that triggered that or was it just... I don't know if something... I don't, I'm not sure if there was something specific that triggered it. Um, I think it's something I've always... It's kind of always been there. Yeah. Mm. There's just this like... And, you know, Polga and I, my husband just... We have conversations about it all the time. I'm just like, yeah, just... Just be, you right. know, like right. you don't have to like come up or try to like fit into this definition of what it is to be an artist. Yeah. It's just sometimes when you're surrounded by certain groups of people, it can start to like overtake you a little bit and you're just like, totally. And then you're like, I actually don't believe in anything you say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I need to like not be around this type of people because you can become toxic and yeah. So you just got to find your own way and just kind of like shut out the noise and just surround yourself with people, with like-minded people that, that you're cool with and are not yeah. going to make you feel like any more or less because of what you do. Yep. Right. It's, it's weird. Yeah, because you and Polo are both artists, it's, it's so interesting that you're having these conversations in like under your roof, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like you're yeah. not some people really have to like seek out these conversations or attend mm-hmm. these meetings, but it's just so present for you guys. Yeah. You know, and we're lucky that we can both like be on that wavelength together. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, he has all of those ideas too. And we've never actually worked together. Yeah. Like people always ask like, he's going to do something together or work together. And we're just like, no, yeah. <laughs> our project is life, right? Yeah, <laughs> our project is life. So, um, I love that. right. So I think it's it's fine. You just we don't have to like uphold some of the standards, especially for him, especially because he's more surrounded by like I can't speak for him, but he's surrounded by uh, like a company full time. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean for him and how he interprets like? how he interacts or how he's in the community. Yeah. And for me, like I interact with a different segment of the dance community. So sometimes it's easier for me to turn things off where for him, he's probably has to navigate it a little bit differently. Right. Yeah. Just, just things. Yeah. Just things. I actually didn't become more aware of like the contemporary dance community until we started seeing each other. So like, that's how I started to learn more about certain companies or certain people and certain ways of working. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh. Is it eye-opening? Yeah. Yeah. For, for each other. We've learned a lot <laughs> yeah. from each other, from our, our different backgrounds, which has been good. Yeah. Yeah, but he's come in and been like an outside eye for me, which is oh, such an interesting perspective. He yeah. Like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, really like true. <laughs> in like the best way. Yeah. He's got notes all the time. Yeah. Like I'm like he'll ask um he used to come and pick me up from rehearsal and it's like the tail end rehearsal and he sees like the tail end of it, he's like, I have notes. Like why do you have like why do you have notes right now? Like just pick me up, Mm. don't say anything. I don't want your notes right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I want it. And do you say that to him? You're just like not now? Once in a while. I'm just like what? I'm never, most of the time I'm not in the mood for it, but then there's times where I, I do want it, but sometimes I'm just like, why? Yeah. It's just the culture. Right. It's a culture thing for him. Mm. He walks in a room and you see him work. He's like, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Tasha, you're such like a great thinker and really? analyst, I think when it comes to dance and like art in specific. And what's always been interesting to me about you is that you don't come from like, uh, uh, like a university or like a, a university setting that um, researched dance, right? Mm. It was really just this like mentorship. It seems that really like was your own type of dance education. Yeah, totally. So, so do you think like it was just specifically that and like working hard on that, or like how did you get like you're so eloquent and it, very well thought out. So how do you think? Uh, thank you. <laughs> Cause excuse me, I don't see any of those things. Um, 
I think just, I don't know, maybe it was the mentorship and maybe just like, see, I just see things for what they are and how I respond to them. Um, I ask questions Mm -hmm. um, and don't really take things at face value Mm -hmm. um, because I always feel like there's more that that meets the eye. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm also interested in a lot of different things. Um, And I think being interested in a lot of different things leads me to question different things and I want to investigate different things. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just been something that... Something from your upbringing at all or... I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm I'm a fairly, like, quiet, reserved person. Mm-hmm. I'm not super, like, outgoing or, like, a loud mouth in the community. Like, mm-hmm. do this, da-da-da. <laughs> like, being, being, like, an advocate in that way. But maybe it does have something to do with my upbringing. And, you know, my... Actually, my mom was a dancer. Oh. Um, before she moved to Canada. And when she lived in Grenada, she was a modern dancer. Oh. Um but then she was also very much into politics. Um, she's very outspoken and has a lot of things to say about a lot of things. <laughs> and I'm nothing like her, but I think I learn a lot from how she approaches certain conversations. Mm-hmm. She's very open-minded, and she was the one who really exposed me to um, the arts in mm-hmm. in Canada and taking her children, or taking me at least, to see... like. Um, the dance theater of Harlem when they came to Toronto and be like, Oh wow. Like black ballerinas on stage, you know, um, that's something that I had not seen before. Um, and then she wanted, she enrolled me in dance from like a very young age. So I feel like her exposing me to very different things, opened my eyes to very different things. Um, sometimes being the person like the lone black person in the room, sometimes gives you the space to ask those questions or see things differently um, and want to question why certain things are done a certain way. Um, And it could also just be my personality. (laughs) My genetic makeup is just um, just looking at things, analyzing them, um, being sympathetic and compassionate Mm because we're all going through something, Um, and then just asking questions for clarity. Mm -hmm. Like, why do we do the things we do? Why is that person that way? Right. Mm-hmm. Questioning things is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because everything just stems from somewhere. Like, why is this person acting up right now? Or why is that person making that decision? Because mm-hmm. it, it's coming from somewhere. And mm-hmm. I, I don't have to agree with it. And I'm probably not going to even agree with it, even when I know mm-hmm. what's <laughs> up. But I just need to know what's up. Yeah. Yeah. I need to know what's up. Did you ever have any problems asking those questions as, like, a woman? Like, why? And, like poking and prodding about that? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I, I've never really questioned like this idea of like being a woman in the community mm-hmm. and like being a female choreographer, being a female artist has never been something that I like advocated for or we need mm-hmm. more for or, or used it as like something to spin in any way. Mm-hmm. I just like kind of use like just my identity and my background as my being. Mm-hmm. But it's never been about mm-hmm. this idea of being a woman. I've never thought of that. I've never, never thought of that. And then sometimes a lot of times like there's like a lot of movement towards like more female choreographers or feminism, da, da, da. but a lot of the history of feminism is rooted in racism. Right. So it's like, how do I connect to a lot of these ideas if they actually don't even support you, me, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I've also like slowly started to look at like what black feminism means and mm. what does that look like? And am I seeing that in myself and am I seeing that in my work or just seeing that to my approach in life? Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of stuff is starting to come up a little bit more, but now nah, just being, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, it hasn't been something that's been like a super like thing that's weighed on my brain. Never. Yeah. For me, it's just been, it's been about the work yeah. and also just about my confidence as a, a human being. Mm-hmm. Like that's been something that I struggled with a lot with my confidence, um, and just slowly over time, it's kind of progressively yeah. gotten better. But, um, man, we're all a work in progress. Like, mm-hmm. we're all such a work in progress. And to this day, like, no matter what 
level of success Holojaz has had or I have had, mm-hmm. it's still a work in progress. And I just want to continue to advocate for the well-being of artists, well-being of just the people in general, and just do what you got to do. And forget the rest. Mm-hmm. Forget the rest. Do your life. Because Paul and I always say we're just like, whenever someone has a comment to make or like judgment to make, it's like, listen, like I don't have to wake up to that person tomorrow morning or like mm-hmm. this person or I owe nothing to them and they owe nothing to me. So when people make comments about certain things, it's just like, I have to slowly just like shrug it off. I hold on to it for like a week <laughs> and, then, and then like slowly shrug it off and then yeah. move on. Right. Move on. They've moved on. So yeah. That's great. We have to ask you the question. Yeah. Is being an artist fucking killing you? Yeah. Is being an artist. <laughs> right. Exactly. Put that in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> I think the word artist is fucking killing me. <laughs> like the term artist. I'm just like, what does that even mean? Like what? <laughs> like what does that actually even mean? And I think I've slowly just had to like not take my like take myself away from like the word because I felt like the word itself was killing me, mm-hmm. and I feel like the word was um, forcing me or encouraging me to live a certain way, yes. and it's not a way that I want to live. Right. Um, so I just needed to be like what is Natasha? Like, what do, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. So yeah, the word is fucking killing me. <laughs> the word is fucking annoying sometimes. Um, but it's also empowering. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of beauty in being an artist too. And I will never um, shy away from that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just how we work with it. What type yeah. of relationship do I want to have with it? Mm-hmm. Amazing. That was so lovely. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank Natasha. you guys. You guys are awesome. And keep your eyes up for Natasha's work that's coming soon, 2020. 2020. It sounds like it's a long way away, guys, but it's not. 2019. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, oh, two years. I was like, no. No. no less than a year. It's April. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I think our dates are like the last week of March or the first week of oh, April. So you're like a year away. Yeah. I'm a yeah. year away. So people are like, I mean, I talked to the dancers and I gave them the dates, like the production dates. They're like, whoa they're like i don't even know what i'm doing next month guys put it in your calendar right now right now because y'all know you're gonna get busy yeah maybe like oh i just i thought i no no (laughs) all the time all the time oh i have this thing or i don't know what's happening at that time like you don't well what's in your calendar right now is it blank Put it in. Yeah, then just put it in. Yeah. And if you don't want to do it, then just tell me that too. Corinne does the same thing to me. <laughs> put it in the calendar. Just put it in the calendar. Yeah. yeah. But thank you guys. No, thank you. Yeah. Is there so anything awesome. besides your show that you want to plug or talk about? Uh, no. Okay. No. <laughs> good. no, I'm 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 good. I'm good. <laughs> great thank you so much natasha thank you natasha thank you guys for listening so much um if you want to keep up to date about natasha's upcoming show you can follow hollajazz.com instagram at hollajazz yes yeah and you can also follow us on instagram and facebook we have an upcoming party saturday may 4th thank you guys so much and Go to Spotify, go to iTunes, leave us a review, let us know what you think of this conversation, and we can't wait to hear from you. Bye. Bye.